Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all of your support. At MyPillow, we not only have pillows, but we have hundreds of products, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We're offering the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have this exclusive offer on the standard size My Pillows, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. We also have the queen size My Pillows, regularly $79.98, now only $24.98 with your promo code. And we have the king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with your promo code. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RENEGADE or call 800-889-6817 to receive this exclusive offer. Free Talk Live. And welcome to Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join the show. You can, of course, take control of the airwaves here just by dialing in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And, of course, we're here to take your calls and thoughts. Uh, The truckers there in Ottawa are still there. Just checked in on another live video stream from out front of the Parliament building and... Doesn't look like much has changed since yesterday. Trucks are still in place. Still, uh, all but one lane is full. They put up like um, kind of like traffic barricade looking things, and and so there is like one lane that's open. I, there's no traffic going down it, hmm. but um, I guess maybe if an emergency vehicle needed to get in there, in theory, that could happen um we i did reach out today by the way to the organizers of the fundraiser the one that has now crossed 10 million canadian dollars on uh uh, gofundme i reached out to them sent an email don't know i'm sure they're you know being barraged with emails of uh probably both support and hatred and so when they'll get back to me i don't know but we will if we can get one of them hopefully to appear here on free talk live uh, because this is pretty unprecedented. We're now not quite a week from when they started this thing. Officially, it started on Saturday, but a ton of trucks were there on Friday. So I would count it as Friday being a full week because there were definitely truckers that were in place uh, as of Friday last week. So we'll keep you in, in the loop as that continues to develop on the way here tonight. Uh, Nikki, you've got a story about a judge standing up to a hospital in a COVID-related matter, I yep. think. We'll uh, talk about that, but I would say the biggest news of the moment has to be the escalation on the part of the American government gang as the U.S. federal gang has ordered 3,000 armed men to head over to uh, Poland, Germany, and Romania to bolster, apparently, their you know, Ukrainian allies against Russia. And uh, according to the Wall Street Journal... Biden is directing the Pentagon to deploy more than 3,000 American troops to bolster the defense of European allies in the first major movement of U.S. forces in Russia's military standoff with Ukraine, according to U.S. so-called officials. He's sending about 2,000 troops from Fort Bragg to Poland and Germany, and then 1,000 troops will be repositioned that are already 
over there. And I guess uh, Germany-based Infantry Striker Squadron to Romania. That doesn't sound good. It definitely doesn't. In addition, the Pentagon expects to make other moves of forces inside Europe and has ordered several thousand more troops to be on standby to deploy beyond the 8,500 troops that were given those orders last week, they said. So they say that they're trying to deter Russia from attacking Ukraine and avert war in Eastern Europe. But the interesting thing is, according to the president of Ukraine and according to... Somebody, don't, don't you know somebody in Ukraine? No, it wasn't Bonnie? me. It was our friend Alu knows um, oh. somebody in Ukraine, and he it was, was his telling brother. Us. His brother's in, in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. who knows of his brother? Yeah, Alu Axelman from uh, Liberty Block, his brother lives out, or I guess he does some sort of work out there as a medic, hmm. and he says this whole thing's way overblown. Like, hmm. the U.S. government is blowing this up way out of proportion. As they tend to do. The people who live there aren't concerned as Joe Biden and the administration wants people to believe. I also heard a rumor that all Russia wants to do, I mean, it is kind of weird for Russia to do this to another country, but what Russia wants to do is break up Ukraine into 29 different entities. Why would they want that? I don't know why they would want that, and I didn't look into it, but I can ask the person that told me that, which was Alu. Yeah, I mean, it would seem to me that they just want to take their territory back. I mean, what I'd yeah, that would make sense to me. What I'd read about before is, you know, Ukraine's got some sea frontage and that's obviously very, very valuable from a shipping perspective. So they would like to take that at the very least, that portion of Ukraine back um, and as it would benefit their economy. Yeah. So apparently a lot of people that live in Ukraine on the border just consider themselves Russian and want to be part of Russia anyway. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a good chunk of the sort of northeastern and eastern uh, Ukraine that is primarily Russian-speaking. Okay. And so it's kind of a bilingual nation. I mean, bilingual in that not necessarily that both, uh, not, not necessarily the people who speak Russian know how to speak U- Ukrainian, but there's a, a split okay, in, yeah, the, I... in the country because of that. And uh, so some of those people probably would want to join Russia. I couldn't imagine wanting to join Russia. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, they have family there, yeah. right? And so it's a uh, it's a division that is obviously arbitrary. And somebody decided it's you know the breakup of the Soviet Union that this was going to be this territory, and that you know that's got to be hard to live with for some yeah. people. So uh, they say a few hundred of military uh, mil- American military trainers and special operations forces are inside Ukraine. Uh, none of the new forces. Wait, how many? A few hundred, oh. they say. None of the new forces have been authorized to enter the country, and all of the deployments are expected to be, quote, temporary. Hmm. Just like Afghanistan was a temporary well, 20 years, I guess, yeah. is technically temporary. temporary. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the forces are expected to deploy in the next few days, and then they you know, go on and talk about what they could be used for, evacuating Americans living in Ukraine, uh, and uh, Vladimir Putin from Russia did accuse the U.S. of trying to goad Moscow into war, even as he mm-hmm. hoped that, quote, dialogue will be continued, unquote. Wait, Biden. what? Oh, he hopes that they'll continue talking. That's what Putin is saying. Okay, but I don't know. The the quote sounded like, you're trying to goad us into war, and I hope that that will continue. That's what I thought he was saying, like, that dialogue. Biden administration officials have said they don't think Putin has made a decision on whether to invade 
And, of course, he could do that at any time. Uh, why he would want to cause a world war really is the big question. And, again, the people that, that a lot of the people living over there are not of the belief that this is going to happen. Um, but, nonetheless, this is a pretty scary situation. Well, I'm starting to think that Joe Biden just wants us to go to war and he wants to. I don't know if it's Joe Biden or the people that control him mm-hmm. that they he just they wants need a new war. to cause uh, chaos and bad things happen all over the world. My dad was explaining to me. He's in the military. Uh, well, was. he was. He was explaining to me the other day how the way that they left Afghanistan was just so out of the norm and basically what they did was exactly what they were purposefully doing, what my dad was purposefully doing in Iraq. They were giving the power to the quote-unquote good guys, and it's called a left seat, right seat. It's like you're switching sides, giving somebody else the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. So they left seat, right seated in Iraq with what the U.S. Army was or U.S. military was saying was the good guys. And my dad said they did the same exact tactics and everything with the Taliban. So basically they like gave the country to the Taliban instead of like, I don't know. We talked about a lot of the sketchy stuff they did. Like they gave them a list of they gave the Taliban a list of people that helped them. That's like go after these guys. That's weird. They left they, a bunch. They of, gave them a list of people that helped the United States. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they would be targeted. They, I mean, they did all kinds of weird things. My dad said it was just the same way that they gave the power to, quote unquote, the good guys in Iraq, which is probably just, you know, just as bad It's probably something else also bad. That's what they were doing in Afghanistan last year hmm. with the Taliban. Well, and then, of course, they left billions of dollars of equipment and yeah. guns and helicopters. Well, behind. and this this wouldn't be the first time that the U.S. military has done something very, very sketchy and terrible. No doubt. So, <laughs> Russia has denied that it has plans to invade, though it said they may have to resort to military measures if its demands that Ukraine not be permitted to join NATO and that the alliance pull back from Eastern Europe aren't heated so yeah russia's saying they want the uh the nato alliance to pull back and now biden is putting more forces over there so it's definitely an escalation i mean this definitely looks like an escalation and it's not an actual conflict yet but it's a a troop buildup it's a forces buildup of course if you're welcome uh, if you've got comments on this you want to weigh in maybe you're way more familiar with the situation in ukraine I don't think any of the three of us really, you know, are experts or anything even close to it uh, on this. If you want to weigh in, feel free to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. They say Russia has amassed more than 100,000 troops near the Ukrainian border and is moving troops and surface-to-air missile systems into Belarus. So, you tell me. What's this going to do? What is going to transpire? Your predictions are welcome. And we continue with Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And Bitcoin.com, great place to go and learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can hit Get Started at the top of the page and learn the basics about decentralization and blockchains and what it is that makes Bitcoin and crypto so different from the old money systems that we've been saddled with for generations. Why it's the number one, why is Bitcoin the number one investment in the last 
decade plus, you can learn that stuff over at Bitcoin.com. Again, just click Get Started, and you'll find some introductory videos there. You can, If you're just limited on time, you only got a few minutes, watch the first one. I think it'll take all of three minutes of your time, and then you might want to watch some more when you get a chance at Bitcoin.com. Don't forget their news site, which has the latest headlines for you every day at News. Bitcoin.com. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Nikki in the studio tonight. Nikki, you've got a story to share. Um, and of course, calls are certainly welcome on the whole Ukraine situation. But what did you want to share tonight? A judge stands up to a hospital, step aside, and give a dying man ivermectin. This is a little bit of an older article. It's only from November of last year, but I figured it'd be a nice, a nice one to share. Okay. A Chicago-area judge saved a grandfather's life with the single question that exposes hospitals blocking doctors from using a safe FDA-approved drug. Why? So the hospital policy is telling their doctors, do not do this. Yep. Why indeed? Yeah. Sonny, a retired contractor from Hong Kong, traveled to Illinois to celebrate his only granddaughter's first birthday. He got COVID and was near death in a Chicago-area hospital. All other options were exhausted, but the hospital refused to give Mr. Sonny a generic FDA-approved drug with an extraordinary safety record that a doctor believed could save his life. Hmm. And they must have taken this to court because um, it went in front of a judge, and the judge asked the right question about ivermectin. What's What's the downside? Put another way, if a man is dying of COVID in the ICU and all else has been tried, why not order a hospital to give a safe, last-ditch drug? Yeah, this isn't some sort of experimental treatment. No, they've been using it for years right? for a variety of different things, and it's been proven to be safe. So it's, it's crazy to me that hospital policy would say that you can't give somebody who's literally about to die this drug. Well, they won't get uh, federal funding if they give people ivermectin yeah well that's the real reason but they won't tell you that (laughs) there was um there's an apothecary owner in town in Keene, new hampshire and she wrote a letter to Keene sentinel that they actually posted um explaining just basically how all the hospitals like every single part about how the hospitals are getting money from covid and benefiting from covid and one of the things was that they have to use remdesivir and they can't use Ivermectin. Yeah. In which I've talked about this on the show before. Remdesivir will kill you. It will shut down your kidneys. It will tank your blood pressure and it will kill you. It is a toxic, toxic drug. And it's it's the reason why all of these people are dying in the hospital from COVID. Wow. COVID air quotes. They're dying from remdesivir poisoning. And you're a nurse, by the way. Yes. And I've watched this happen with my own eyes and it's really terrible. So So these hospitals are having to prohibit ivermectin from being prescribed because of some sort of deal with who who the, the federal government the federal funding, government funding is, from the federal is government? this the thing where they get paid for diagnosing people with covid that yeah. kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. and on average 80 percent of every hospital's funding comes from the federal government wow so, is that much yeah with medicare and medicaid yeah it's yeah crazy. it's crazy um, so, so they're completely beholden to the feds. Then. Yep. No, it, it would be interesting if we could see some sort of independent wing of the healthcare business spring up yeah. as a result of all these doctors and nurses who've lost their jobs. 
you know, somebody needs to start up like a little hospital and well, just only do cash. I think it's um, beyond just somebody needing to do it. I think that there's just too many laws in the way. Somebody, yeah. I, I think to do that, you'd have to be breaking laws, like regulations. I don't eat. know. I mean, we've got the direct primary care here in uh, in Keene where they do not take Medicare. They do not take Medicaid. Yeah. They do not take insurance. Yeah, but so, they don't do like surgeries and stuff. So, yeah. And that's where it gets a little muddy mm-hmm. when you get into like a full like trauma level hospital like sometimes people need primary care is kind of easy to get around that stuff by just not accepting insurance Mm -hmm. but i think once you get into like and even just the money i mean it costs like billions of dollars to start one to start one so it's like all the equipment you need and and in most places you have to get a special permission slip from the government in order to even open a hospital yeah, never mind one that's doing like heart transplants and like brain surgeries and stuff. So. Yeah. And then is there also, you know, the, I've heard that this obligation exists. I presume it's in most places where they're obligated to take anyone in the door, right? Yes. Like, yes, that's true as although well. Although that wasn't true when it came to Bonnie and I, when we ter- we tried to visit uh, the local hospital, they told us we can't come in yeah. without a mask on. Yeah. Isn't that ironic? And that's happened to some other people I know. Um, one, one person I know, he was trying to go to a hospital in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. And he his appendix burst, which if you know anything about appendicitis and burst appendixes, you've got to go. You've got to go. Like that's an emergency surgery. You need to mm-hmm. get it removed or else you will die. And they were trying to refuse some treatment for um, not wearing a mask. I believe it wow. was. Oh my god! And um, thankfully, somebody they contacted somebody that could help. And he called the hospital admins or the HR department or whoever. He called somebody. And um, let them know that what they're doing is illegal and that there would be a lawsuit. And he thankfully got this person wow. help. That's so amazing. That's so crazy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that kind of help. Nope. How could handy, you so. go into the job of being a healthcare provider and just leave somebody dying of appendicitis i just can't even believe it's crazy because they're so indoctrinated Mm. that if you go somewhere and you're not wearing a mask you're trying to kill everybody if you're unvaccinated you're trying to kill everybody and a lot of these healthcare workers genuinely think that just because they've been brainwashed Mm. and the ones who don't think that have either quit or been fired they gotta keep their mouth shut so yeah or they gotta keep their mouth shut so Mm -hmm. it's really sad But uh, this article continues to say that Edward Hospital, located near Chicago, offered three arguments as to why Sunny, 71, should not be given ivermectin. One, there could be side effects. Two, ordering ivermectin would violate its policies. And three, forcing the issue would be extraordinary judicial overreach. Wow. And again, like if this person's about to die, like do the side effects matter? No. No. (laughs) You know, like he's going to die. Why shouldn't he be able to make the decision? I mean, I'm presuming he's not in a coma. Why shouldn't he be able to say, yes, I'm willing to try the ivermectin? Okay, here you go. I mean, it seems very, very simple to me. But as you said, it would violate their policy. And that's the biggest thing. They don't care about the side effects. How many policies do these hospitals have about what they can and can't prescribe? Probably a lot. Hmm. So bureaucratic. Yeah. On each argument, DuPage County Circuit Court Judge Paul... Furtherton um, firmly disagreed. I can't think of a more extraordinary situation than when we are talking about a man's life. He said in a November 5th decision that is a model of rational decision making in an irrational error. And where was this? Outside of Chicago. Chicago. Uh, If you want to weigh in here, the number is 603-283-6160. And what would it take to create a private hospital? Something that's, you know, maybe you wouldn't be able to call it a hospital, a 
private membership surgery center or something like that. Emergency treatment center. More coming up. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live. Phone's open here if you want to join the show. Definitely curious, what does it take to open up a private hospital? Is it something that you can do? And if not, what do they charge you with? You know, illegal helping people with their medical problems, even though you're licensed as a doctor. Maybe well, that's they what... would just smear you as like a quack doctor. Like, oh, this guy was doing this thing that's on ethical when really it's probably not just not regulation well that's you know? why you would need more than one yeah. right so you i mean if you're going to open a hospital you can't just have one doctor you gotta well, have yeah. them yeah. around the clock right i think it might be easier for the doctors to like not get in trouble i mean they'd probably find something to charge them with mm-hmm. but like as far as me being a nurse i would be i can't practice with like without a doctor being above me like right. nurses can only practice under doctors mm. So I would probably be charged with like practicing medicine without a, without a license or something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, and, <laughs> and I would presume that the licenses are where they get you because you know whenever you agree to a license, you're agreeing to be regulated by whatever arbitrary government bureaucrats decide as far as what these industries have to do. And so maybe that's one of the ways they would control this to say, well, you're a licensed doctor, and our regulations say I was just speculating. yeah the board yeah. Well, our regulations doing, say you can't have a private hospital. They are know? doing that to doctors in, um, I don't know if it's just Massachusetts, but I know a doctor in Massachusetts that has uh, told us that they're going after doctors who, I don't know, I don't know if it's just talk badly about the masks and vaccines, but... Yeah, yeah they're they punishing were, them. They were doing that in California, too. I met a midwife who has just moved here from California, mm-hmm. and she was telling me that... Um, pediatricians and other doctors were giving um, like medical exemptions for different vaccinations for legit reasons too. like these children were having life threatening reactions to various um, vaccinations. And I guess the doctors can only do so many exemptions before they're flagged and put on a list and then they get their license taken away. Wow. So imagine going to medical school for like 12 years, doing your residency for eight or however long it is, and mm-hmm. then the state, the state just pulls your license because they felt like it. For because political you, reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you yeah. were doing what was best for your patients, right. being a true physician. It's crazy. And where do you know people where that's happening? Um, that She was from California, Okay, that and figures. she's recently moved to um, New Hampshire, thank God. <laughs> now, so did they pull her license, or they threatened No, it to? was, um, she said, she's a midwife, she said oh, okay. she knew physicians who were, in California who this has happened to, wow. and I'm sure it's happened in almost every state. Uh, if you are in the medical in- uh, industry, if you're in the field, you want to weigh in, feel free. The number is 603-283-6160, that's 603-283-6160. So a judge... In uh, the Chicago area, yep. has ordered a hospital to, against their policy, yep. issue ivermectin uh, to a man who is on his deathbed, basically. He's got COVID. 
nothing else has worked and they wanted to try this or a doctor in the hospital wanted to try yes. this. So he's putting his career so on the line, right? I actually researched this doctor. His name is, um, let me see. His name is Dr. Bain, Dr. Alan Bain. Mm. I did some research into him and he's a more more holistically minded doctor mm. and he has very, very good ratings, like 98% ratings on all of these different rate your doctor oh, websites cool. and stuff. So, you know, even That's as far nice. as like not making his patients wait more than 20 minutes, you know, wow. like everything across the board, like he's gotten he's very, very good, rever- good reviews. So... That must be how he's kept his job while also at the same time being able to question hospital policies like this. Yeah. So, I mean, this is definitely not something that is going to make his superiors happy. Well, and this was in November, right? So, like, we don't even know if he's he might have gotten fired. Who knows? Yeah, it would be interesting to see if there's been a follow-up story about this. Did the guy get the ivermectin? Did he get better? He did. He did get the ivermectin. Oh, he did. Okay. um, But is he, you know, did he get out of the hospital? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, Yeah. so there is is a happy ending to the story. So the judge goes on to say, I am not forcing this hospital to do anything other than to step aside. He continued in a Zoom hearing. Mm. I am just asking or not asking. I am ordering through the court's power to allow Dr. Bain to have the emergency privileges and administer this medication. It does change things a lot that there is a doctor at the hospital that wants to do this. It's not like he's making a doctor do something against the doctor's will. In the hospital was saying that this is extraordinary judicial overreach, (laughs) even though it's the doctor that was... I don't know who filed the lawsuit. It must have been the man's family. Does the hospital Um, understand that they are inherently tied into the government and that by being... In the medical industry, they are being regulated by the state, that they want to be regulated by the state because they don't want the freedom for people to just be able to open up a competing hospital. You don't have that freedom. You can't just go set up shop in uh, the Chicagoland area and open up your own, even if it was a open to all, open to anyone hospital, not the private concept we were talking about before, but even if it was just open, no, they would actually shut you down because it has to get, usually I think it's called like a certificate of need or something like that. They have to get some sort of official approval, which basically means it's a protected industry with a very limited amount of competition. The, only the government gets to decide who yeah. competes. And so this hospital doesn't want just anybody to roll into town and open up a competing facility and outdo them and provide better service. Yeah. Yeah. They're guaranteed business. It's like, you know, it, that's one of the crazy parts about licensing is that it's a protected marketplace and hospitals are one of the most highly regulated fields. Well, and that's kind of the issue I ran into with a lot of the midwives in New Hampshire because I'm advocating to get rid of licensure for midwifery. Nice. And all of the midwives were like, <gasps> no, you? no, you can't do that. It's going to kill babies. Ridiculous. Even though in Massachusetts, there's not a higher rate of infant death in the um, in the home birth setting. Mm-hmm. And surprise, all of the babies that have died in the past two or three years have been from licensed midwives. They weren't wow. even traditional DEM midwives. Wow. So it was the licensed midwives who that had the, the infant deaths. I, bet deaths. I bet they're not freaking about all the babies dying from their moms getting the vaccine, all <laughs> yeah. the miscarriages. That's up for debate. <laughs> and that happens in every industry, Nikki. Whenever there's a bill in New Hampshire to deregulate, not even just get rid of licenses, to just deregulate a little bit. 
They the license holders come yep. out and they whoa we can't just let people make choices for themselves and they always trot out the we got to protect the consumers. So line. Yeah. are these like hospital midwives? No, these are home birth midwives. Hmm. So I mean, we'll see if I can actually get some legislature moving in that direction. We'll see if they fight me tooth and nail on it. Now there is wasn't there something that you testified on this year? About yes. That? Yeah, that was different though. What's that the proposal was there? so that was the OPLC, the Office of Public Licensure and um, Certifications. She, the woman that is the head of that, was going to be the head of the midwifery board oh, or the midwifery oh, yeah. council. You said they were going to like create this council that would be just full no, of the medical council, doctors. Yeah, I guess the council already existed. I think it was a pediatrician, an obstetrician, and then three midwives, and mm-hmm. then a member of the public that knew a lot, like knew enough about midwifery to have right. an opinion. And they wanted to make it only three people, mm. which would be the pediatrician, the obstetrician, and then a midwife. So to basically neuter the midwife's ability yes. to make their own decisions for their industry. Yes. And um, the excuse she gave was, um, it's just days before New Hampshire gets sued because you know, of the negligent midwife's not doing the admin work or whatever her Why would BS New Hampshire get was. sued? I don't know. She pulled out some court case about dentists from North Carolina. Hmm. Well, here's what they should do is they should get rid of all the regulations surrounding midwifery. And then New Hampshire has no obligation whatsoever. Like, well, we don't regulate that. That's what I said in my testimony. You take your, you you know, you take your risks. If that's what you want to do, take your risks. And if you want more protections then go to the hospital, pay 10 times as much. And that's the thing that I was trying to explain where it's like, okay, like we can work with the LPLC, right? But once you give them a little, they're just going to keep taking and taking and taking. And next thing you know, there's no more home birth midwives. Hmm. So we can't let them do this and we need to make midwifery freer, not less. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, whether it's troops rolling into Eastern Europe, midwives, uh, hospital regulations. Also on the way, Kim Kardashian is being sued over a crypto scam. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, phones are open. And you're invited. If you want to join the show, you can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. The number here is 603-283-6160. Thank you to Brett Perry, who is a gold level supporter of Free Talk Live's AMPS Patreon. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com, AMPS.freetalklive.com, and that'll take you over to our Patreon, which gives you details about you know, some of the perks that you'll get access to if you join the AMPS program. Uh, it stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us get the ideas of liberty into more people's ears all around the country and the world, hopefully. So once again, it's amps.freetalklive.com. And again, thanks, Brett Perry, for helping us out over there. With you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. Uh, so we were talking about private hospitals and government regulations, regulated industries. And, you know, whenever you've got some sort of proposal to deregulate a business, there's always the people who are in that business who show up to talk about how dangerous the business would be to the consumer if they just didn't have these precious government regulations. 
even though New Hampshire is one of the least regulated as far as the number of industries that have licenses is lower in New Hampshire than it is in a lot of other states. Uh, as an example, home contractors, completely unregulated. And in a lot of places, they will tell you that, my God, if contractors are unregulated, houses will fall down. <laughs> People will get injured on the job site. And it's just absolutely preposterous. What it really is, is like the people that hold these licenses just feel like they're in a special club and they're like, well, if I had to do it, you have to do it too. Yes, it's the abuse club, the people who've been abused. That's always what it is. It's the same thing with masks. Sometimes it seems like it's like somebody doesn't really want to wear the mask, but they feel like the government is making them and then they see someone not doing it. So they're like, if I have to do this, you have to do it too. Well, I even heard some nurses in the hospital where I worked that had gotten the vaccine because they thought they were being forced to. Mm. And most of them, this wasn't the common opinion, but I definitely heard a few women say like, well, I'll be so mad if I got this and now like everybody else. Yeah, for nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I get that. But like we were also telling you that like you didn't have to do this. You made that decision yourself out of yeah. fear. Well, they so, were they're going to lose their job, right? They still yeah. made that and decision themselves out of fear. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, lucky them, we all got fired. So I guess it wasn't for nothing, <laughs> according to them. Yeah. But. Now you get to keep a job with a company that does not respect your own bodily yeah. autonomy. So congratulations. Right. Why would you want to stay with that company? It's something I've yeah. never understood why people want to stay with an abusive Again, employer. Again, it's, it's fear. And mm-hmm. especially, you know, like you just went through nursing school or med school or sure, whatever. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, there's that. And then like you have kids or whatever. And then they feel like they're not going to get another job in that field anywhere mm. else. I even had my, my sister even told me this. She's in psychology and she was like, well, I guess I just have to get it because like no matter what job I get, I'm going to need it. Hmm. So. Unless she were to hang out her own shingle and, you know, be yeah. a psychologist for individuals and, and not I, have a boss. Yeah. I kind of tried to put that uh, bug in her ear. But. There's always a way, uh, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. But most people aren't inclined towards entrepreneurship. So I suspect she's one of those that would yes. just yeah. rather feel more secure as though, oh, well, you know, I have a job. And so therefore I've got, you know, insurance and I've got somebody, you know, the paycheck will take care of me. And the thing is, if you have a job, you don't know if you're going to have it next week. Yeah. You never exactly. know what's going to happen with an employer. Yeah. They could decide they don't need your services anymore, budget cuts, or you know, there's not enough customers coming through the door to justify your position, not because you're a bad worker, but just, hey, I'm sorry, we had to cut your job. Yeah. Good luck. And then you're out on the street. Luckily, right now, it's easier than ever to find work. So, I mean, even if you don't get a job within the exact specified area you've been looking for, because, again, if you don't get a vaccine, it's very hard to get healthcare work specifically. But there are a ton of jobs that are available out there now. And even like McDonald's is paying like $20 an hour, you know? So it's yeah. like, it might be a not ideal position, but it will probably pay your bills. This is all the stuff I was saying. And Arya said, yeah, but there's a difference between a career and a job. But I just, I feel like, I don't know, no matter how much you feel like this is the career path that was made for me, you got to choose your bodily autonomy over that. To me, that's a pretty important thing. And I mean, I literally started my own business in my field. Mm -hmm. So it's like I kind of have like, you know, it it can be done. So it's like I feel bad for people in those positions, but they really just laid down and they died. Mm. Yeah, they took it. They just took it. It's sad. 
Uh, if you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Now, if you are going to strike out on your own, it can be, you know, a little difficult sometimes, right? Like sometimes yeah. it's like a feast or famine thing when all of a sudden there's a lot of customers coming in, there's a lot of money uh, coming in, and then there's nothing for maybe weeks or months yeah. or whatever. And it can be very, very difficult. And one thing you want to be... Uh, you know, in addition to not giving up your bodily autonomy, you also want to keep your integrity, your mental uh, integrity, your word should still be good and should be honorable. And I guess Kim Kardashian doesn't understand that because uh, what happened last summer, we covered here on Free Talk Live and we were critical of the fact that she had uh, posted to heard what two hundred fifty Instagram story oh. like two hundred fifty million followers or something like that. This woman is isn't she like the number one most followed? Not the number one. No? Kylie Jenner has more than her. But that's a family member, right? Selena so. Gomez yeah. has more than her. She's up there. I mean, she's got she's probably yeah. top ten. Yeah, probably. Uh, so this lady has a lot of people following her online, and so when she says do a thing, some of her fans will do that thing, and they won't mm. think about it. And that's not the kind of following you want to have. I understand that, you know, as far as selling whatever your new product is, it is going to make the numbers go up. It's going to make the the sales happen. But if you don't take the time to actually research the thing that somebody's putting in front of you, oh, Kim, well, we'll pay you all this money to pimp this cryptocurrency, or in this case, what they call a cryptocurrency token. And it was called, and technically it still exists, called Ethereum Max. And what is Ethereum Max? Well, it's one of, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of different uh, cryptocurrency tokens there are. The Ethereum blockchain is the number two cryptocurrency on the planet. But don't be confused. Ethereum Max is not the same thing as Ethereum. Ethereum Max is just a token that somebody created on the Ethereum blockchain. So anyone who wants to can create their own token on Ethereum. It costs nothing. All you have to do is go to whatever you know app or website or there's there's I'm sure ten different ways or if not more to accomplish this task. You decide what you want to call your token. So it could be coconut coin. It could be uh, you know midwife coin. It could be absolutely <laughs> anything you want it to be. And you come up with like the little short code for it. So the Coco. three letters of the cocoa, you know, the three <laughs> letters of the four four letters. I would or whatever. buy coconut coin. <laughs> there is a huawa. There's a uh, chihuahua coin now. That's funny. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so you just go there. You, you figure out how many of these you want there to be created. So if you want a billion, you can have a billion. If you want 20 billion, if you want 2 million, you can have whatever number you want. And you finally, I think the other thing you have to choose is how many decimal points you want it to have. So after the decimal point, how many zeros, how many you know decimal spaces? How divisible is it? Uh, right. So how far down do you want it to go? You, you make those decisions. You put it all into the form. You press create and boom, you now have a billion coconut coins. Well, or that sounds legit. <laughs> it's easy and it could be legit if there was an actual reason to have this thing. So let's say you... You know, you've got a great idea, some sort of a technological wonder that you've come up with, and you want to you want to raise money for it. Well, you can create a token and say, 
all right, anybody that gives me this amount of uh, of Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever else you want to accept, cash, I'll give you some of my project's tokens. Now, then you get into these SEC regulations and things get a little sticky as far as what all the rules are. I'm not an advisor on that. I can't tell you what the rules are. They do like to sue people over doing this, uh, what they call, not the utility. There's two different types of tokens. There's a utility token and then there's security. security. That's the one that the SEC really doesn't like. Hmm. So anyway, you come up with this thing. You can raise money with it. And again, that presumes that there's something there, something of value, something different. And I, you know, it's hard to get excited about the supermajority of these tokens out there because a lot of them are just grab cash grab scams, which is what ostensibly this lady got herself into. And we'll tell you more about it coming up again. It was uh, the scam coin is called Ethereum Max. It doesn't do anything. It's just something that they had some celebrities on the Internet pump up so people would buy it. And then the people who were, you know, wanting to, uh, what they do, a pump and dump, as it's called, would then sell off uh, their holdings at the top or near the top and make big money on the backs of all the suckers. We're coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com free talk live this is free talk live and you can join us here the number for you 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 ian bonnie and nikki in the studio here tonight We'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Coming up, we're going to tell you about the alleged scam coin that uh, apparently Kim Kardashian is being sued over promoting last year. It's called Ethereum Max. And I'm only telling you that to beware of this thing, not to actually try to promote it because it looks like it's just completely useless. But we'll get into that. First, though, Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Uh, this uh, Today is the 13th uh, year anniversary of the, the West Side murder victims that got dug up. They found um, 13 bodies that were murdered. Um, and uh, so and they're trying to still catch the the murderer they Uh-oh. still haven't caught him yet so i think there is like a hundred thousand dollar reward um if they could 
if they could get tips right now. Is so, this the uh, what they call the West Mesa murders? Eleven yes. women whose remains were found in two thousand nine. That's correct. Mm. Yeah, that's correct. Yikes. But um, I know. So then, you know, I blame the the laws here in New Mexico that are very. Um, they promote uh, human trafficking here. It's very easy. Who for promotes human trafficking? Who did you say you blame? The laws, she said. Yeah, the laws here, the New Mexico, they have uh, that immu- the, the the laws here do not protect women as they do in like New England, your area. But is that the same like, as promoting human trafficking? Well, well, I, I don't know about promoting, but the the pimps they come in here and then they they could do all this stuff. I mean, they look at how audacious they are. They murder thirteen women and they well, bury you don't them. Know, and, we don't know who murdered them at this point. The the theory is is this had to do with you know, like a human trafficking ring. But I don't know what kind of evidence they have for that at this point. Well, I, I would be interested, Sarah, if you could tell us like which laws you think promote human trafficking or at least don't condemn it. Well, here in New Mexico, see, they, we've been trying to pass that. They've, they've been trying, if um, if a woman get, uh, like, let's say, get beat up, uh, domestic violence, or get raped. See, it, I remember in Massachusetts, if you make one police call the state presses the charges for you you never have to see the victim again in court you never have to go to court and they try to pass that here and, and it bombed so then the that woman doesn't make to any sense the- I, I, I don't know about that i'm not sure if that's true because i'm from massachusetts and that hasn't been the case in my not my personal experience but like from what i've seen i've had women like actively try to place restraining orders on people in the courts in Massachusetts be like, well, we don't have enough evidence. Mm. We also know somebody in Massachusetts who called the cops because there was a stalker at her house and they never showed up. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, Sarah, I don't know. Were you living in Massachusetts or something? Where did you get that information? Well, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what happened to me about 22 years ago. I visited one of my neighbors and he showed him, he's stood in front of the door with this ding-dong hanging. Oh, and I barely, I got so startled, I barely pried him off the door. I scrambled out, and I managed to report it. Uh-huh. Uh, but the state presses the charges for you. I never had to go to court unless I wanted to. No, okay, that's but, not how uh, court so, works. So that was in Massachusetts, you're saying? How yeah, old were you uh, at yeah, the time? That, I, I think I was 31. Okay. I mean, that's not how court works, generally. If that person took a plea deal, then yes, you would not have to go to court. However, if that guy said, hey, it's my house, I can be naked if I want to, I'm going, you know, not guilty, I'm going to trial, then you would absolutely be called in mm-hmm. as a witness in that case. There's no way around that, Sarah. That'd be crazy. Well, that would be guess- so bad. I mean, there'd be no due process if you couldn't go to court for that. You have to be able yeah. to confront the the accuser. And if you're the accuser... Even if you're not the one bringing the charges, it's most in most cases, it's the police that so, bring charges. So this is a story from Massachusetts. One of my friends was raped as a child, and she had to go to court to confront, like, as literally a six-year-old child, and, like, wow. in court, like, testify and essentially confront her rapist. So that's the experience that I have had in Massachusetts. So I don't hmm. know. That's just what yeah. I 
have yeah, I mean, seen. that's one of the constitutional requirements is that if someone's accusing you of you of a thing, they got to go on the stand. Yeah, they got to take an oath, and you have the ability to cross-examine that person in that yeah. case. So, Sarah, if what happened in your case was they may have charged this guy, and he might have said, "Yeah, I did it. I was drunk, or whatever." And okay, I'll take the guilty plea. And they probably pled him down to a misdemeanor, you know, lewd conduct or something like that. And you know, then then he paid a fine, and you probably didn't see a dime of it because it all went to the state. And you know, he probably had to do some community service, maybe even spend a little bit of time in jail. And that's why you didn't have to go to court. There's not some sort of pass some sort of free pass where you can just make out you know an allegation at somebody and guarantee that you won't have to sit in a courtroom someday but let's get back to the human trafficking issue because that's a pretty scary thing right like there's a lot of talk in the uh, the mainstream media about human trafficking and how bad it is and it is bad i mean let's be clear it's not a good thing to turn humans into slaves but if you really want to stop human trafficking sarah the the right way to do it is not to empower the police and give them more, you know, create more laws and more regulations and, you know, more give the cops more toys. It's to legalize prostitution. That's how you do it. You make it so so ladies and guys that want to go and sell their services, their sexual services for cash uh, or crypto or whatever should be free to do that. And that will basically, I mean, it won't end slavery completely. But it will put an end to a lot of it, essentially overnight. Yeah, Sarah laughs, but right now there's a premium on sex work to where people have the incentive to become pimps and, you know, grab people off the street and turn them into sex slaves because there's not already a market for it where it, it would be cheaper. And it's so dangerous because of the way that prostitutes kind of have to live their life to not get arrested by the police. Right. It's very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sarah, your well, thoughts? Uh, yeah, but I don't know what ha- the, the thing is that that's why I in like I, I, I that's why I always accuse you of that you're you're crazy and a lot of the ideas are ridiculous. But I still like the opportunity that you give me to talk about these issues on the show. But okay, I, but you don't I get to just say you're you. crazy. You need to come up with a reason why legalizing prostitution in your mind is a bad plan. Because there's a lot of people who work in that business who will tell you, and they will when these bills come up before uh, various different state houses, they will come and speak. And they will explain to these old people in the state house as to why prostitution is made more dangerous because it's illegal. Same reason why alcohol was more dangerous when it was illegal. Prohibition does that to things. Uh, I mean, what part of that don't you understand? Well, the, the thing about it is that, you know, do you think that it's the original design that pe- people were meant to have multiple partners for sex? Do you think that was the original design? We weren't meant to do that? I think people have differing opinions about that, and I'm not sure mm -hmm. what that is. How is that relevant to the question about prostitution? I think it's just different person to person. Like Some people want to be monogamous, like like me, and some people don't want to be. Correct. I don't care what people do. Can you imagine like having to be with the first person you ever had sex with, Sarah, for the rest of your life? Well, I, I don't know. Mormons are that way. But again, you know, the, we all live in separate realities. All Mormons That's what I was telling way. you, Lynn. 
is that your reality does not fit in with everybody else's reality. And just because whatever you believe doesn't make it your your way is right. Well, you're the right one that's now, believing in fantasies. You believe that laws are going to stop murderers from murdering. Like, they're going to be like, oh, that, that's illegal. Let me not murder just because it's not illegal. That's a fantasy. Well, and also, when did laws ever stop women from, um, you know, turning tricks? When did yeah, uh, he, when did it ever stop pimps from pimping? I mean, that's the things that you're identifying here, Sarah, as problems are problems because they are illegal. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, if you legalize prostitution, it becomes way more safe. The the ladies are safer. The uh, the Johns are safer as well. And there's a lot of reasons for that. We can talk about it coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Nikki. So, Kim Kardashian and some other internet celebrity types got caught up in what some people are saying is a scam coin, a pump and dump scam. And we told you about this last summer. So and we pro- told you it was a scam. And we told you it was probably a really bad idea to get involved in. And now people are so upset, they're suing Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather over their promotion of this thing called Ethereum Max. We can tell you more about that coming up here and also i do want to make sure that you know about intercoin which is a speculative investment right like we are clear with you intercoin is something that we think is a good idea and we have done some due diligence into this thing and i suspect kim kardashian did not do any due diligence we've done some due diligence they seem to have a good team over at intercoin and they've got an interesting vision it's something that's not been talked about before Whereas I've got the vision pulled up for Ethereum Max here, and, and we'll go over that in, in just a moment. But Intercoin, has, uh, it's an interesting concept, the idea to have communities with their own currency, where they can set the rules, and then they can uh, exchange between them and other uh, community currencies. And Intercoin's been helping businesses and organizations launch their own currency and raise money using their own token. And now they are doing that with their investor token, which you can get at xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. And of course, with any cryptocurrency, with anything like this, you do want to make sure that you only put in what you can afford to lose because, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, but uh, with just an email address, that's all you need over at xmarkets.com. You can deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Can I just say one thing about Intercoin? Sure. One thing I think is really cool about it is I always remember in high school there was this thing going on in Africa called Coney 2012. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's and it was right. it was fake, right? Well, there was really a bad guy out there named Coney and um he was like a war lord guy and he was using children for warriors. But I remember the topic coming up over and over again, people saying, I want to give to them, but 
I um, there was a bunch of scams where people were making I don't know if it was GoFundMe's, but things like GoFundMe, people were giving money to it, and it actually wasn't going to the victims. Mm. Well, with Intercoin, one of the cool things that uh, could come about in the future with Intercoin would be like if there is a Haiti coin and there's another earthquake in Haiti, you know that, but you you will be able to give money directly to the people using that coin. Instead of wondering where it goes, like Coney 2012. Yep. Yeah. It's an interesting concept, but it's only a concept right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in the early, early stages. The token that exists is just simply an investor token. It's for people that like this vision of Intercoin and want to put some of their crypto value behind it. And they want to see it go somewhere. You know, and maybe it will. I hope it does. I think it's interesting. We've, you know, had some people look into it and we think it's an interesting concept, but we're not financial advisors and we can't give you, you know, advice. You decide what to do and take your risks. But check out intercoin.org to learn more about their vision over there. And then you have what is clearly a pump and dump scam where, and just for the record, we are being paid in Intercoin. So they didn't give us like a million dollars or anything like that. We, we got paid in Intercoin before you could even buy or sell it. We can't even really, it's very hard to, for us to even unlock it and do anything uh, with it. But uh, with, Ethereum, anyway. with Ethereum Max, that is what they've been promoting uh, over the summer of 2021. Kim Kardashian and boxing champion Floyd Mayweather Jr., as well as a basketball player named Paul Pierce, according to Observer.com, were hired to pimp this coin, and now a class action suit's been filed in district court for the Central District of California January 7th, claiming that executives of the cryptocurrency company Ethereum Max, in collaboration with those three promoters, sought to enrich themselves by making, quote, false and misleading statements, unquote, about the company's digital token Emacs through social media advertisements and other promotional activities that reached hundreds of millions of potential investors. Ethereum Max launched Emacs on May 14th of 2021, and the amount uh, of value for this token is so small, it's hard to describe, right? <laughs> so the number of zeros when it launched, in, looks like when, after the decimal point here, seven zeros and then a few numbers. So not worth a whole lot. Uh, total transaction volume of $16 million. Within weeks, the token, token's value spiked by as much as 1,370% thanks to the celebrity endorsements before crashing over 99%. Aye. Plaintiffs allege that Ethereum Max paid its celebrity endorsers millions of dollars to promote the tokens on their social media channels. In May of 2021, Pierce tweeted to his 4 million followers claiming he had made money from the token. In June, Kardashian promoted Emacs on her Instagram to what they claim was 250 million followers. In the same month, Mayweather was promoting the token at the Bitcoin conference in Miami, Florida. Wow. Charles Randall, chair of the UK's Financial Conduct Authority, said during an economic crime conference that Kardashian's Ethereum Max post was possibly, quote, the financial promotion with the single biggest audience reach in history. Wow. And he told the BBC at the time that her Instagram post was, quote, simply intended to raise awareness of the project and its utility. I don't think that 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 could be a true statement because there was that time um, in 2020 when somebody got into a whole bunch of celebrities and even the president's, uh, I think the president's Twitters. Oh, yeah. And got them to buy some kind of crypto or something like that. Send them yeah, crypto. So I remember that. That's a way yeah. bigger audience. But. That's a great point. 
but maybe, uh, you know, it's just a bureaucrat talking tough, yeah. basically. But Ethereum Max also promoted the token on a boxing website, offering incentives such as orders over $5,000 will receive authentic signed Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather boxing gloves and two front row ringside tickets available exclusively for Ethereum Max purchase. According to the lawsuit. Well, I wonder if that was true. However, after the promotional period ended, Emacs's value was immediately on a free fall. By mid-July, the token had tumbled 98% from its peak, and by August 1st, transaction volume, meaning the amount of transactions going on on a daily basis, had plummeted by more than 99% from its initial capital, and it has not recovered much since then. But I'm wondering if anything that they did was actually illegal. Like, is this actually illegal? Well, and that's an excellent question because the old statement in the market is buyer beware. And I think that it should be legal for these questionable businesses to do these things with these promoters. And people need to learn to be curious and to be questioning and to not believe whatever it is that they hear out there and to do their own research and to learn about things before they get into them i don't think there should be a crime but you ask a good question i don't know i don't know what the you know the various different rules are about you know as long as they said it was an advertisement or it was an obviously a sponsorship hashtag ad which i remember in like 2015 the kardashians were getting in all kinds of drama because they would put they would promote things and not say say it was an an advertisement and then like the government came down was like they must put hashtag ad on things that are ads (laughs) so that was on it and i think that's kind of stupid too but so i personally i don't think that the people filing this lawsuit should have a leg to stand on but it's still worth talking about it because these scams are out there and people do need to be aware of them there's more coming up on free talk live we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day from wrestling superstars like glenn jacobs you guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want right here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the Ethereum Max alleged scam coin. What happened with uh, some of these promoters like Kim Kardashian? They're being sued over their promotion of this thing. And... You want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Nikki in the studio here tonight. Also, don't forget, you can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features we have there. In fact, we've got our own social media platform that we run on our server, so it is not something where you know big tech, big media is in charge of it. 
we're running the thing, and that means you've got more freedom to speak over at social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. Plus, it's a Mastodon platform, which means it is federated into the other Mastodons around the planet. And so you can reach other people on other Mastodon platforms, and there are thousands of those things out there. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. We'll talk more about this Ethereum Max alleged scam coin here in just a moment. But Scott is first up and calling from Wisconsin. Go ahead, Scott. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, um, I kind of wanted to, I was interested in the dollar cost average of kind of buying um, that approach to buying, say, Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. And sure. I was just kind of checking it out. And it. I thought it was pretty interesting that it, it kind of says like you're kind of most people doing like a 401k. That's kind of the same, same kind of strategy here. But uh, I'm just kind of wondering about the math of it all. That if uh, there was, if more people were doing a dollar cost averaging of buying in, um, for uh, buying crypto, mm-hmm. just buying, you know, at regular intervals, a certain amount that you can you can do. Like it just seems like it, everybody's gonna mathematically tend to benefit more, and it would be more stable. I thought that was. Well, I'll kind say of, this. Kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that. But to me, the dollar cost averaging makes sense. Um, it's simple. You don't have to think real hard about it. And that's kind of the idea: is you just all you decide is what can you afford to put in to the thing. In this case, let's just say we're talking about Bitcoin (BTC), the original, the granddaddy of all cryptocurrencies. What can you afford to put in? And remember, don't put in what you can't afford to lose because it could go down. But over the history of Bitcoin, over the 13 years it's been in existence, it has gone up over time, generally. So there's also this thing called the, I think it's called the FOMO crypto calendar. And you can put like, if I invested $100 mm-hmm. six years ago, um, how it would calculate for you how much money you would have made Right. There's something like that, but it's actually specifically about dollar cost averaging. And uh, it's okay. a website called DCA, as in dollar cost average, BTC, like Bitcoin. So DCABTC.com. And there you can put in, let's say, you can afford 20 bucks a week. Yeah. You can afford, you know, you cut back on the alcohol, cut back on the cigarettes or whatever, right? Like your Starbucks habit. And you can put aside 20 bucks a week to put into uh, to Bitcoin specifically. And then you tell it, okay, well, I, I want to do this on a weekly basis or every two weeks. You know, how often do you get paid? Some people get paid every two weeks. It makes it easy for them. And then you set the amount of time. So, okay, well, let's say I've done it for three years, starting three years ago. What would that be? Well, according to this, if you had done that, you would have invested $3,140 of your paychecks. And the total percent change, according to this, is 409% based on what I'm seeing here. Yeah, 409% up over three years. So you would then have a total of $15,987 worth of Bitcoin if you had put in $20 every week for the last three years. Not too bad. That's not bad. <laughs> uh, now, again, there's no guarantees. Yeah, it's just It just so happens that Bitcoin tends to go up over time. Now, it, that think, may stop tomorrow. So that's why I say, don't put in anything more than you can afford to lose. What's that, Bonnie? I just don't think we're answering his question, though. His question is, would uh, Bitcoin be more stable and go up more 
if people were all dollar cost averaging? And I, I just was don't know the, the answer. Was that the question, Scott? Um, I guess I didn't really formulate a question, but I was kind of think, uh, wondering what you guys kind of thought on that. So that that reads what I was thinking. Well, I think to answer your question, Bonnie, or to address that, sure, the more people that get interested in Bitcoin, the better off it's going to be. I mean, obviously, that's true. If more people start to accept it at their business, if more people start to value it as something that they can use, uh, you know, as something to uh, to hold on to and hope that it goes up in value, or better yet, actually use it as peer-to-peer electronic cash, which is what it was intended to be, uh, although there's some reasons why that's more difficult these days that we don't need to get into here. Uh, but mm-hmm. over time, this has been a very successful form of putting 20 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week or whatever you can afford to do. Uh, it makes sense. And it, and the idea is you don't stress over, oh, my God, am I going to invest at the right time? Am I going to buy it? Because mm-hmm. it could go down tomorrow. So that's the thing yeah. you don't want to do is you don't want to take your life savings and pick a day and say, all right, this feels like a good day. And just dump in, you know, $10,000 or whatever you have saved up all at once because then you know it. I mean, just like the, I don't know what, if it's Murphy's law or what law it is, (laughs) the law of Bitcoin investing. As soon as you put a big bunch of money in, it just drops off a cliff. And then you just, you just are so frustrated. Then people freak out and they sell at the bottom and then they lose because you don't lose until you sell. But I think that actually he might be onto something. If more people heard about dollar cost averaging, Mm -hmm. maybe overall Bitcoin would be more stable and go up more over time because people wouldn't be doing that. Like, "Ah, I just lost a whole bunch. I have to sell. Yeah, maybe. That's what a dollar cost averaging avoids. You don't put everything in at once. You just create an amount on a weekly basis. You just get into the habit. All right, it's Friday. All right, I'm going to go ahead and buy the the Bitcoin. Okay, but yeah. it's just really hard to know why the market does what it does. There's That's like right. probably millions of people using it, and it's so intricate too. It's it's really yeah. hard to understand the ins and outs of things like this. So the idea being with dollar cost averaging, you just set that amount and you just stick to it, and then that way over time you're just accumulating little bits, little bits on top of little bits, and it all adds up over time. And if you hold on to it. And, you know, you don't freak out if there's a big drop because a lot of the time, every time there's been a big drop, sometimes you have to wait three years, but it comes back up. Yeah. Now, there's Mm -hmm. no guarantee. Again, this could be the end, right? Tomorrow, Bitcoin could start going down and never recover. There could be some other crypto that takes its crown, right? There could be Ethereum Max could rise. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But, Scott, anything else you want to share tonight? Um. I I I thought that uh you know that that concept for going for like not necessarily even bitcoin but any coin you mm-hmm. said you know could rise up and be more popular just because it's tied into being more useful or we can use it easier peer to peer or something like that and and so other cryptos too we could kind of if people would you know, just use that dollar cost average philosophy, I think. Yeah, I think it's a good plan. Scott, thanks for the call tonight, man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. You know, I wish somebody would make a multi-crypto dollar cost averaging site. Oh, I just started wondering if there was one for Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, I mean, there might be one. I just, you know, when you look for uh, dollar cost averaging Bitcoin, you're going to get the ones that unfortunately only have Bitcoin on it. So they're clearly Bitcoin maximalist people that believe that this is the one, yeah. true, the one true Bitcoin, the one true uh, cryptocurrency, and there shall be no others. That's Those are the people that, that I think are behind this site. So um, did they officially kill uh, Bitcoin SV? Because I've been hearing that nowhere will 
no exchanges have Bitcoin SV anymore. Really? Oh, I, didn't I doubt hear that. that. I doubt that. They have been kicked off a bunch of exchanges, but that happened early on mm-hmm. with uh, with Bitcoin SV. So you're talking about one of the forks of Bitcoin. It's currently the number 66 crypto by market cap. And according to CoinGecko.com, there are dozens and dozens of exchanges that, uh, that support it. It's just some of the majors don't. So you have to kind of look around and you'll find it. All right, we got more coming up here. What about this Ethereum Max thing? Is it could it rise up? Could it dethrone Bitcoin? I'm just going to go ahead and say no. There's no chance whatsoever uh, that Ethereum Max can rise up and do anything because it's garbage. But we got more to say about it on the way here and how to, you know, assess these things is also an important thing. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here at the number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Nikki. So we were talking about uh, the idea of having some integrity when you strike out on your own and you're doing your own thing and you don't have a boss anymore, but then there's these people that want to use you if you've created a platform for yourself as these internet celebrity types have done, such as Kim Kardashian with 250 million followers, apparently on just her Instagram, at least according to the story here at Observer.com, where seven or eight months ago, late May, she was promoting this thing that she probably doesn't really know anything about probably not uh ethereum max and ethereum max shot up in price because a bunch of people said oh kim kardashian says i should get this thing so they went out and they got it do you have the exact quote of the instagram story because i remember it was so funny it was just so silly it was like do you guys do crypto my friend told me about Ethereum Max. Sounds like it's a drug. Hey, do you guys want to do some crypto? <laughs> I don't remember if that's exactly what it was, but it's, it was just that silly. Sounded. I don't have it handy. Um, I imagine somebody could could find it. Um, but according to this story here, she and Floyd Mayweather, who's a boxer. Allegedly illiterate. And some other internet folks uh, promoted this thing. And so the price shot up. And then after the promotional period ended, it fell. And so whoever the creators of Ethereum Max were probably made big, big money because they got it at near zero price. And then when it shot up, they sold and then they you know, cashed out and they, they made it big. And then a bunch of people lost pretty hard. And so now some people are claiming that uh, this is a scam. And so they're suing the Ethereum Max company. Apparently, there's some sort of company behind this. And they're suing, I, I believe also, Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather. They claim in this lawsuit that, quote, Ethereum Max's entire business model relies on using constant marketing and promotional activities, often from trusted celebrities, to dupe potential investors into trusting the financial opportunities available with Emacs tokens. Ethereum Max's executives, quote, touted the prospects of the company and the ability for investors to make significant returns due to the favorable tokenomics of the Emacs tokens. In truth, defendants marketed the Emacs tokens to investors so they could sell their portion of the float for a profit. Well, I wonder if they would have to prove they like if they were going after Kim Kardashian specifically, for example, would they have to prove that Kim Kardashian 
held Ethereum Max because their mm. argument is that they promoted it to then dump it, right? Oh, and I have the quote if you want me to read it. Sure, go ahead. Are you guys into crypto? Question mark, question mark, question mark. This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. Her friends who paid her. <laughs> A few minutes ago, Ethereum Max burned 400 trillion tokens, literally 50% of their admin wallet, giving back to the entire Emacs community. And then there's hashtag, a whole bunch of hashtags and then hashtag ad. So it sounds to me that they can't, based on what I just heard, I don't think that they really have any ground to sue her because she said she wasn't a financial advisor. She did. Mm -hmm. It says hashtag ad. Clearly an ad. I mean. Yeah, I I don't think, I think their lawsuit's probably going to get kicked out of court if if they're just suing uh, Kim Kardashian, if they're suing Ethereum Max, maybe they've got something to yeah, stand maybe. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, Ethereum Max is going to say, "Oh well, you know, we're just promoting a legitimate token. Our token's as legitimate as as any other token." Which, as we pointed out earlier, anyone can create by yeah. pressing a few buttons. If I, I ever, mean- sorry, if I ever had the opportunity to like interview Kim Kardashian, I'd be like, "What does it mean that they burned four hundred trillion?" tokens uh, 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 she wouldn't have anything <laughs> yeah she would she not know what that means. no idea meant. what that means uh for listeners that don't know what that means what that means is it's the reason why they promoted it that way is the idea is well this thing has a value and so if we get rid of a bunch of the tokens so they made i don't know how many billions of these you know or trillions or whatever these tokens exist but if we destroy some amount of them then that means the other ones that are left will be worth more. Yeah. And that's not always true. In fact, I don't know how often that even is true. Hmm. In theory, it's true. Like on something where there's like a constant demand where like Bitcoin, for instance, if all of a sudden tomorrow half of the Bitcoin supply vaporized and you could never get it again, it was just completely gone, that might actually push the price up because there's enough of like, a demand in the marketplace that's constantly wanting this thing, and now all of a sudden there's not as much of it? Okay, well, that kind of makes sense. But these little coins that are basically meaningless as far as their total value is concerned, as far as the interest in it is concerned, you can burn half of these things and watch the price drop afterwards. Mm-mm. There's no guarantee yeah. that, the, that the price is going to go up. And indeed, the price dropped after it went up and a bunch of people lost uh, some money. Sandra Radna, a New York-based attorney, said, quote, The reality is everyday speculative investors think they're going to be the next crypto billionaire, and they're often risking their family's financial stability to do it. And that is their fault. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a ton of really questionable opportunities out there. Ethereum Max is just the one that, you know, was smart enough to uh, hire Kim Kardashian to promote their alleged scam. There's literally thousands of these things out there. There are pyramid scams. There's so many different things out there that cryptocurrency, it's got so much positive for what it can do for the world. But like all technology, there's always that double-edged sword. There's always a negative side. There's a darker side to it. And that is that anyone can do things with it. They don't have to ask permission. And it's like... Do people really need to be told that they shouldn't invest their entire life savings? Like, don't in, don't invest your kid's college fund into one sole thing. You know, like, test it out. Put a little bit in because when right. you lose that money, it's nobody's it's fault except for yours. It's not like 
technically yeah. somebody did not steal this money from them. They vol- they might have been misled, but they voluntarily bought something and then got screwed over. I think you would have to know nothing about cryptocurrency in order to have been scammed by this if you were only if the only way you heard about it was through either Kim Kardashian or your favorite boxers um Instagram right. and the idea of spending enough of my money to where it would literally hurt my financial situation on something that I knew nothing about except for an an Instagram post by Kim Kardashian. I can't even imagine being that dumb. Well, I mean, people idolize celebrities, right? Like she has the, she's the eight most followed person on Instagram. So it's like Mm -hmm. people are worshiping celebrities. So they don't follow her for intelligence. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they're very (laughs) intelligent, but, but she is a good businesswoman. So they might've just been like, Oh, she did it. So I'm going to do it too. But that's Mm -hmm. just stupidity. I can't even imagine being that stupid. She didn't say she did it. Well, yeah. yeah. My friends told me about this. Right. She didn't say, I just bought this token. She just promoted the token. She just talked about it. That is true. And that's why I think that they this lawsuit doesn't really have a leg to stand on because mm-hmm. everything she said in that ad, none of it really seemed to be a lie. You know, somebody did tell her about it. She said it was an ad. She never said that she personally invested in it. She didn't even really claim to know anything about it. So, Ethereum Max dismissed the allegations in a statement posted on their Twitter account saying, quote, the deceptive narrative associated with the recent allegations is riddled with misinformation about the Ethereum Max project. We dispute the allegations and look forward to the truth coming out. So I, of course, wondered, how's this project coming along? So I pulled up the website for it which is ethereummax.org. Again, they're not a sponsor, nor would we accept uh, their sponsorship. But their website has always been, and it's got, it looks nicer now. It's always been a nice looking site. So they spent some good money on a good designer. They definitely know how to make an attractive looking site. But it's just full of market speak. Mm. It's full of this word salad. I'm going to read this to you ladies. Just the one paragraph, okay? Okay. From their vision, from their white paper, which they didn't even have, by the way, at the time when Kim Kardashian was promoting this. The white mm. paper just came out in like quarter three or quarter four of 2022 or 2021. Our vision is to build a robust and scalable ecosystem that fully maximizes the power of DeFi, creating a wide range of products for our community that encompasses everything from a deflationary token and a core stablecoin for processing payments to cutting-edge NFTs and exclusive events for our community. The ecosystem is intentionally designed to be interwoven with benefits that scale and evolve over time to help empower our holders to thrive in the new digital economy. Just a bunch of buzzwords. That's all that is. But it's still going down in value the whole time, so how can they claim to be scaling or ecosystem? It's Yeah, they literally took a bunch of DeFi or did decentralized finance buzzwords, threw them into a paragraph, and said, we've got a crypto token. There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts on the way and take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live, Hour 3, coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. Number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
In the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. We got more to come. We got uh, the whole third hour on the way here. Of course, open phones. As always, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. And then a little bit more of why you need to be cautious when it comes to getting into the world of cryptocurrency. And it's an... uh, it's an overwhelming world. There's, it's so big. It's so vast. It is so deep. It's hard to really get a hold on it. You cannot possibly know everything. It's impossible. And that can be overwhelming. And but so what do you do? Imagine knowing nothing about the regular banking system and just being like, I choose this type of a savings account and not knowing anything about it and just putting all of your savings in it. You know, it's it's... It's always been stupid to get into something like that without knowing anything about it. And people just will do it and think they have someone to sue over it because they lost money. Well, the reason you don't want to put your money into a savings account is because they don't pay you jack diddly for interest. But generally, unless the bank goes completely out of business, they're probably still going to have your money the next day. It'll just be the same amount you put in. I guess I didn't mean a savings account. I meant like an investor yeah, whatever. There's so many different investments uh, out there to look at. But we can continue with that discussion coming up here. Ian, Bonnie, and Nikki in the studio. First up, Jack is on the line in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jack. Um, me, my family and I watch you guys seven days a week or listen. Nice. And Thanks. I, I just want to say that you know I know all the characters on your show. We love Bonnie and Nikki the best, probably. And Captain Yay. Kid, but, Thanks. <laughs> but, you know... I think it's ironic that we're talking about like some of these shows. We're talking about Kim Kardashian. I listen to you guys because I want to get away from Kim Kardashian. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we generally so, don't talk about Kim Kardashian. I think the last time we talked about her was in Jan- or uh, June when she was pimping this Ethereum Max token, and that's really the only reason it came onto my radar. Because people need to beware. I mean, this lady, whether you like her or not, she's influential. And so people need to... She's influential because people keep on talking about her, though. I also think it's a great point that the only reason why we would ever talk about her is because it's crypto-related. There was a few times when she actually advocated for the release of people from prison. So she's she's actually done some good stuff in that way. Uh, But yeah, I don't really know much about this person. I... I don't certainly don't follow her in any way, shape, or form, and I get where you're coming from, Jack. And and so it's open phone. So take us in a new direction. Huh? The the next direction is Ukraine. I think our government's trying to get us into a war. Sure, sounds mm-hmm. like all it. The governments are. I think all of them are connected, and they're all playing. This top one percent that we joke about is real. Yeah, and I think they come from all the countries, and I think they're mm-hmm. really profiting from war. And I think it's real. You can see it right now in the news. They say it's not going to happen, but then it does. It's not going to happen, then it continues. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say. Well, and and we did, by the way, start the show with that news tonight. It was uh, 3,000 troops from the United States military have been ordered to go into Eastern Europe, into the countries basically surrounding or nearby Ukraine, uh, and so that's that's definitely a troop buildup. It's definitely an escalation, and it it looks really uh, it looks pretty bleak. Yep. If I could tell the future, it's going to be another ten, twenty, thirty thousand troops surrounding them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Putin against the wall. 
because we don't get the real media. We don't really know what's going on. Right. Putin might not be the evil one in this situation. He is because he's government. Sure. But he may not be the evilest one. If yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I think it's pretty interesting that the um, first place that there might end up being a war under Biden is Ukraine after hearing about all of his business deals and his son's mm. business deals oh, in Ukraine. That's, right. that's, what that's I'm a great point. I forgot about since that. Since the beginning of this, yeah. Right, didn't his son back some kind of Ukrainian power company? Yeah, like a Ukrainian, uh, there was some kind of chemical. I thought yeah. it was a power company, but yeah, either way, you're right. There was yeah. definitely some shenanigans. Yeah, he was very suspicious. Who got a million bucks. Uh, Biden's son got a million bucks as consultant. But anyway, yeah, the crackhead son. Yeah, yeah he is a crackhead. There's literally photo evidence of this. Yep. Not a joke. Yeah, he's talked about so it here, I'm pretty sure. We love you, man. Thanks, Keep Jack. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you tonight. Yeah, so Thanks. the discussion wasn't so much about Kim Kardashian as it was about this questionable token, about this investment. She was just the tool that they used to leverage to and get so the word out. Floyd Mayweather and apparently yeah. some basketball player. Who don't have near the reach of uh, Ms. Kardashian, yeah. by, mind you. Well, but Floyd, yes. must, Floyd Mayweather must have a, a lot still. Yeah, I, mean, I bet you it isn't $250 million. I bet you it isn't even a tenth of that. Uh, just my just my prediction. So again, uh, you can weigh in here. Let's go to Richard. He's on the line and calling from New Mexico. Go ahead, Richard. Richard, yes, yes sir. Taking my call yes, on last night's TV news, a fourteen-year-old girl died from a fentanyl overdose. It was supposedly supplied by her mother. Hmm. Another. On another news segment, they talked about a bill in the New Mexico legislature that a legislative woman proposed to restrict gun clips to 15 bullets, which to me is ridiculous. So with these two stories, I hope more attention gets paid to passing bills into laws that punishes people more for drug abuse and negligence on younger children that results in death to a Hmm. person than worrying about a 15-round clip for a rifle when all a person has to do is load more 10 or 12-round clips in a gun. If they prove that the mother did indeed give her daughter fentanyl that killed her. I'm pretty sure there will be consequences. What What do you think would be um, appropriate? Well, I'd like to see the mother spend about five years in prison, for heaven's sakes, as an example to other people that uh, might be given, have, get, letting their kids have access to fentanyl. Granted, the girl was 14 years old. She should have known better, but mm. people... Uh, and you said the girl then, died? The daughter perished? Yes, the yeah. daughter died from the fentanyl overdose. That's terrible. They probably thought it was something else. They probably didn't... I know. I don't know. I don't think people go around just like, ooh, I want to get high on fentanyl. I think that right. they Nowadays, people they are do. starting to. Yeah. That's crazy. It's just cheaper and easier to get than heroin. So people so you know, start with... You know, other drugs, and they kind of move on to... But heroin is so cheap and easy to get. Don't you think, Richard... I mean, there's no doubt this is a tragedy. I mean, it's it's terrible that this happens to anybody. Uh, as you said, Bonnie, it probably was not their intention to overdose and to die. But 
don't you think it's punishment enough to lose your daughter? Do you really need to spend five years in prison and force all the taxpayers to pay for three meals a day so you can just sit there? Well, something needs to be a deterrent to people. Of course, I'm somewhat prejudiced. Negligent manslaughter or whatever. I mean, that's... There's already a deterrent there, and, and most people who are drug-addled don't think about that stuff. And I also think like the idea of setting, like using her as an example, just doesn't work because we all like. I mean, there's an epidemic. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that, and people are dying left and right. So, I mean, you would have to live under a rock to not see this. So, addicts right. know, like they see their friends dying. They yeah. know this is happening, and they've seen people go to jail. Yeah, they're just so heavily addicted to drugs that right. like I don't think using this woman as an example is going to help the real root of the problem. I think what would actually help is legalizing the drugs. Yeah. And then yeah, people point. will be able to get safe drugs that aren't laced with fentanyl. Right. Or even if they're purposely using fentanyl, they'll they'll know how much they're using or whatever. I think that will give safer access to drugs because at the end of the day, people are going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And another thing he might not know about this uh, situation is maybe the mom was trying to protect her daughter in a way because maybe she didn't want her daughter going somewhere else and getting drugs and maybe she wanted her to do it in a more safe way and it was just an accident. Well, and because as Nikki pointed out, if it were legal then accidents are less likely to happen because you know exactly the doses because you buy the doses at a store where they're measured in a lab there's more coming up it's free talk it's free talk live phones are open you can join the show the number 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. Of course, you can uh, bring up anything that you want. And don't forget, we are raising funds for Give Directly. It is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty, like Bomet and Kalipi counties in Kenya, people there who have to walk for miles just to get water that they can drink. That's the kind of poverty we're talking about here and uh, Give Directly in the last decade has delivered over $400 million to over a million people who really did need some help. And research shows that this really helps people in those situations because it drives positive change in their lives, like the ability to reach employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on people thousands of miles away choosing for them. So if you believe in that, we support you, and we're going to double the donations by matching uh, total up to $30,000 of donations over at give.freetalklive.com. That's give.freetalklive.com. I wanted to hang on to Richard here uh, on the line in New Mexico because there was something about your call that I thought was interesting. We didn't have a chance to really point it out, and I wanted to do it with you on the line, Richard. You pointed out that you find a, a particular story that happened nearby you there in Albuquerque to be tragic where a teenage girl was apparently given fentanyl by her own mother, she died as a result of that because it's fairly easy to overdose on fentanyl. So I understand it's very powerful at a, at a low dose. And so very, very tragic. You were upset about that. You want to see punishment for the mom. You want to see uh, the, uh, you know, the, the punishments for these sorts of situations ramped up. But on the other hand, you also pointed out that you think that the idea of banning a specific amount of ammunition from a magazine, uh, limiting it to 15 rounds, is a, a ridiculous idea. And so you support the freedom 
to be able to have as much ammo and as large a size magazines as you want uh, to, you know, whatever, you know, have have gun freedoms. And so I want to just point out the I'm not going to say so much hypocrisy, but the contradiction here. Uh, And the contradiction is you can see how prohibition doesn't work. As you pointed out, if you if the government uh, people there in New Mexico are to prohibit any magazines over 15, there are going to be people who have a workaround for that. There's going to be people that they'll just buy their 30 round uh, magazines outside of New Mexico or whatever. They'll have their way around it. They'll carry enough ammo to where or enough magazines to where they can just you know replace them and they can still kill people in those circumstances so you know that prohibit prohibition of guns and prohibition of you know various different gun related accessories doesn't work right richard like you understand that uh yes yeah it also doesn't work with drugs and so when you use prohibition on drugs you get the same problems. You get different, somewhat different because like with drugs, when they're prohibited, they go underground and the same thing would happen with guns. Like if you'd completely prohibited guns in New Mexico, all the gangs would have them and the gangs would be selling them and it would be highly risky to buy them in the same way with drugs. The gangs have them. The gangs sell them. It's highly risky to buy them. The drugs become debased because you don't know what you're getting when you go out there and you buy something from a drug dealer. People don't stop using drugs. In the same way, people won't stop holding and possessing and selling guns if they're prohibited. So prohibition doesn't work. And you touched on this, Nikki, when you pointed out that if we were to actually legalize heroin, and I understand some people <gasps> they think that's a shocking idea, but if you were to legalize heroin or fentanyl and all these other things, then they become available at the local Walgreens. And you can go in there and you can get a predetermined dose, like, you know, when you take an aspirin, you know exactly how much aspirin you're putting into your body because some machine on an assembly line has weighed it down to the you know thousandth of a gram or whatever, and you absolutely know that what is in that pill bottle is what it says it's going to be. There's no surprises. And so the same thing can be true of fentanyl. The same thing can be true of heroin, where you're not having to re- rely on some questionable black market dealer who just cooked up a batch of heroin in his bathtub that might have been you know 10 times stronger than the last batch because he's high as hell and he doesn't really you know not paying attention uh to what he's doing or whatever or it's a dealer on the street who has six different sources for uh, heroin and he never knows which one is going to be stronger uh, than the other all he knows is he's got customers they want it and he's got to give it to them so he can make money so all of those problems get solved when we take those drugs out of the black market and we put them into the legal market, Richard. So that's why I wanted to present you with tonight. I appreciate that. Thank you. Any thoughts? I'm 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 a bit well, I'm a bit jaded because I had a badge for fifteen years before I became a convict mm-hmm. and spent twenty years in prison. What did you go to prison for, if you don't mind? Uh it was on the sex offense, which oh. didn't make me all that popular, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in prison, of course, there's a lot of guys that are there for drugs. And we could actually empty out the prisons and actually have room for real criminals who actually commit violence, who actually harm other people. 
uh, if we were to legalize drugs. There's a ton of people who've never actually created a victim. They've never actually hurt anybody, but yet they're wasting away in those prison cells. I'm sure you met some of those guys while you were in there, right? Oh, quite a few, yes. And I uh, was into drugs myself for a few years. Mm -hmm. My uh, lady friend I had 35 years ago, one of her cousins was the biggest drug dealer uh, in the town where I was living, man. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she got some pretty good discounts on marijuana and amphetamines and that's what i got on for about three and a half years and then uh Thanks. when when she gave me the boot for a guy that had more money and everything than i did uh that's when i got off of all of that may i ask while you were in prison for two decades uh what kind of drugs could you get a hold of in there if you wanted um uh, People people would have visitors come in, and they would smuggle marijuana in in the uh, in prison mm. in uh, certain body cavities. Right. Did you ever hear about anything harder coming in, like heroin coming into the prison? Uh, no, oh, that's no. interesting. Because uh, from Mark Edge, who was the host, has been a host, and hopefully will be again uh, in the future on this show, he went to prison in Florida, and he said you could get pretty much whatever you wanted. You just had to pay ten times the street price for it. These might also oh, be different, like time periods. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Maybe he just wasn't aware, right? Like, if yeah, there's you're not, that too. You know, yeah. If you're not looking for heroin, then you yeah, you might not, not find know it. <laughs> that it's available. Richard, thanks for the call tonight. I definitely appreciate hearing from you. The point I uh, wanted to make there, and, and he still did make it for me, is that. They can't even keep marijuana or whatever other drugs we're talking about because they can all fit in those cavities uh, that we're talking. In fact, you can fit more heroin in the, that cavity than you can as far as dollar for dollar yeah. uh, than you can marijuana. And uh, and that's how they get it in. Or And or there's a, a guard that will smuggle it in. That's another way that it works. Sometimes it's the guards that are smuggling it in that way, uh, I imagine, but... The point is, despite the war on drugs, despite the billions or whatever hundreds of billions have been spent on prosecuting it and all the people that they put in prison, they can't even keep it out of their own high-security facilities. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. The number is 603-283-6160, and bring up whatever's on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. Uh, so we were talking about the latest, one of the, the, not the latest scam, but one of the myriad of different scams out there in the cryptocurrency world. This one was being promoted by some pretty big promoters. And actually, Bonnie, you did the checking. Looks like Floyd Mayweather does have 10% of Just about. Uh, of what's her name? Uh, Kim, Kim Kardashian's Kardashian. followers. She's got like 250 million. He's got about 27 million. So. Uh, they promoted the same thing about, I don't know, nine months ago, seven or eight months ago, uh, over the summer. And it's called Ethereum Max, and it is completely questionable. We were looking at their their quote-unquote white paper, which goes on, by the way, for 50 pages. I only read to you the first wow. paragraph, which you guys pointed out was just littered with uh, buzzwords, essentially. 
And I just wanted to look at like what you know, what do people need to look at when it comes to analyzing these potential supposed investments versus are they actually scams? Do they have any chance of becoming something? And just to me, like the fundamentals of this thing don't make any sense. So cryptocurrencies were intended when Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever that person or persons is, male, female, group of people, we don't know. Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin in 2009, released it to the world, and it became this amazing phenomenon. And when you look at the Satoshi uh, white paper for Bitcoin, it talks about Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer electronic cash. Bitcoin was intended to be used. It was intended for people to transact, to go back and forth, to send and receive for whatever reason. Now, unfortunately, Bitcoin has sort of become this savings thing, this kind of digital gold that people don't want to spend and they want to hold on to and hope that number go up. And the reason why number go up when it comes to Bitcoin is because it was first. It was on the scene. It's got that name recognition. It's the the sort of the standard bearer of cryptocurrency. It was the grandfather of all these other cryptos. But it wasn't the intention that it was just this digital good that can just increase in price for no reason. The reason why it became valuable is because it was useful in the earlier days. It did what it said it was going to do. It made it possible for an individual to send value to another individual across the world or across town or right next to one another for very low cost and in an almost an instant. That's what it accomplished, and it made it so it's it's completely unhackable, it can't be cracked, it can't be stopped, the governments of the world can't stop it. So that's why this value started accruing to it, because it took away the middlemen of money. It disempowered the banks, and it disempowers the governments, and that's worth something. So it kept on going as far as it price kept on going up. It kept on becoming more valuable. And then there became this issue in 2017 where Bitcoin had a schism into two different competing cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And that's something that can happen in the crypto world because it's open source and anybody that wants to can copy the code and copy the blockchain and they can they can fork, as they call it, uh, the code and they can fork the chain and they can make a, com- a competitor, basically. And so to kind of summarize what happened as quickly as possible, some of the uh, the geek and the programmers didn't agree on which direction Bitcoin should go to scale for the future. And they couldn't agree. And so the two different uh, you know, perspectives went off in different directions. The Bitcoin Cash people said, we need to increase the what they call the block size, make it so more transactions can be taken in per minute, and it all just gets written, uh, written to this blockchain, which is this open source ledger, this uh, distributed decentralized ledger that is sort of the one of the real i guess advancements that is behind bitcoin and the original bitcoin team said uh no or who who was it that at that time satoshi nakamoto was long gone so the bitcoin programmer said no we're not going to increase the block size we're just going to keep everything as is we're going to let the blocks fill up which they were at the time and that is what made the fees go crazy and that's what led to this new narrative of bitcoin isn't for spending it's for saving and now that's the, the narrative that they pitch, whereas Bitcoin Cash and Dash and some of these other cryptos say, no, you should spend crypto. It's something that that was the intention. So that's not to say that there couldn't be some sort of a savings crypto, but why would that be valuable? 
Why would someone who starts a crypto intended to not move around, starting that from zero today, why would someone want to get into that? Why would somebody want that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's really no incentive for that. Right. And so when you look at this Ethereum Max, this ostensible, ostensible scam token, the real like sh- the real shocking part to me, I mean, I've not read this 50 pages and I've no interest in reading the 50 pages, but just to look at one of the fundamental factors about this token is they have a tax on every transaction. I noticed that. I thought oh, that did. was Yeah, I thought that was weird. A 9% tax. Yeah. So, and of the 9%, 6 of the uh, 6% is I think burned. Is it supposedly something that goes back to the community? Well, uh, what I thought they meant by tax was that like the government was taxing no. it. So, I didn't know what they meant by that. I I just briefly like looked through their website, but yeah, I thought that was strange. Is it a thing that they're saying goes back to the community so therefore you should like it for that reason? Yeah, and I've seen two different things in this uh on this website. I I've seen it say that the 6% gets burned and then 3% goes back to the uh, the founders or to the community or whatever to some sort of community chest and then i saw something else that said it was the reverse that three oh, percent gets burned and so, but you saw both of those things on the same website yeah their website wow i'm pretty sure Damn. i did but regardless it's a nine percent tax every time you transfer this so no one would want to use this to, to buy actually coffee buy coffee or do it's, anything yeah, that's with. really really high you're not gonna no not are you not only are you not gonna buy coffee you're not gonna buy a house or a car or anything mm. with this because you'd yeah, be insane nine percent oh my yeah gosh. you'd be insane to do that so therefore they're trying to decent de-incentivize people from spending it and they want people to just hold on to it but again why would you want to why would you want to get into this thing that you just hold what's the reason why, why does it exist The answer is to scam people. The answer is to get uh, celebrities to get on board to push this thing up. Uh, But surprisingly, they're still going forward with it. So they're still trying to get people to dump money into this thing. Yeah, even though there's literally lawsuits Uh, (laughs) open against them. Almost a year later. Are they still trying to get people into it or do they just have a a website now and they... Is it just something for them to point to in their defense and be like, hey, this is real. We have a white paper. I mean, that could be. But obviously, they still want people to buy their token. Uh, like Every time somebody you know buys the tokens from them, they get they real money. crypto. Yeah. Oh, I, was just, I just meant, like, are they still advertising it with celebrities or anything like that? I don't that? think I so. Hmm. I don't think so. But they, you know, they may again. I mean, if they've made enough money on the first round, they might take a portion of that and you know try to push for another pump and see if they're like hey we're still here we just released version two or whatever just I, some sort of nonsense i assumed that it was done since they hiked it so high and then it crashed so hard i thought that would be the end of it but they might try to do this again i well, don't know who would be dumb enough to fall for this twice well people are still behind shiba inu and it it went up way high and then crashed badly yeah, and hasn't recovered point. Shiba. But I mean, it is an actual token, though, right? Well, this, I mean, these are all tokens. Coin, I mean, right? No, Shiba. Is it a coin? No, it's just another token. Oh, yeah. I guess it's Doge. The difference between this and Shiba Inu is Shiba has the dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dog really, like, really makes it. And I don't know if there's a tax on Shiba. I don't think that there is. So, as far as I know, you don't have to pay 6% or 9% every time you want to transfer Shiba. Now, you still have to pay the Ethereum fees, which are ridiculous, but mm-hmm. that's not that's not necessarily Shiba's fault. So. You mean gas? Whatever they call it, yeah, gas or fees, and that's that's one of the real problems here. Is like, why again? Why would anyone want to invest in an Ethereum token when you've got to pay like 
I don't know, 50 bucks just to get into it for in gas. fees, for gas fees, just to put it in your wallet. And now they want a 9% tax on top of that. It's like, that's just insane. Uh, and if you mortgage your house for this, you're a lunatic. So anyway, just some just some things to look at. You have to ask yourself, what is the point of this? And you really don't even have to spend hours and hours, in most cases, researching this stuff to do it. Uh, but I don't think any of the a lot of these people who bought into it did much of any research on this. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. There's enough time for you. If you want to join us right now, we're going to check in with the latest on the Ottawa Truckers, the Freedom Convoy 2022. Uh, Of course, you're welcome to join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com we've got archives there you can uh, subscribe to our podcast feeds go to feeds.freetalklive.com you'll find the rss links there you can easily plug one of those into your favorite podcast client and then it will automatically download uh at your leisure whenever we put a new episode up which is literally every single day uh here on free talk live so head over to feeds.freetalklive.com according to rebelnews.com drivers there in Ottawa are saying that they're going to be staying. Some have said they will stay for many weeks if it is needed. And some say they are willing to stay even longer if necessary. Well, when you think about it, truckers are kind of used to that, right? They're probably the used long to like. Haul. Yeah, they're used to like sleeping in their trucks and, right. you know, eating gas station food. So. And in this case, uh, they might be getting better than gas station yeah. food. The fundraiser at uh, GoFundMe, which thankfully hasn't been taken down, I guess, uh, has now passed more than ten million Canadian dollars. Its goal That's was ten crazy. million. Yeah, but we still wow. don't know if any trucker has received a dollar of that. Well, yeah. we don't. But honestly, we're disconnected, right? Like we don't know yeah. who the organizers are. We don't. Uh, I have reached out to the organizers of the fundraiser and invited them to come on Free Talk Live. We hardly ever have guests on this show, but to me, you know, it, this is important. There's yeah. there are some people that are important enough to my, in my mind like okay, I want to talk to this person. And I definitely do want to ask those questions. Is how are they spending this money? You've got 10 million dollars yeah. and you've got it, you know, this wasn't raised in advance. This was raised as it was happening, you know, the week of as people were starting to drive out uh, to Ottawa for this freedom convoy. And if nothing else, that shows just how much the average Canadian is behind this. Right. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, let's let's mention how much or how many of the donators there are. So again, it's GoFundMe. The title is Freedom Convoy 2022, Taking Back Our Freedom Convoy. Ten point, almost 10.1 million Canadian dollars. And interestingly, it looks like it's closed. So I guess since they've hit their... Uh-oh. Oh, it got taken down? Uh-oh. Is it locked? Under review. <gasps> so what does that mean? Are they going to like... Is This fundraiser is currently paused and under review to ensure it complies with our terms of service... No way. ...and applicable laws and regulations. So would this mean that they wouldn't get any of that money? That's would be my guess. I don't know... I don't think 
Well, okay, this is a good question because I've only ever done this once. I only ever did, or once or twice. I only did a fundraiser in recent memory with Aria Demetsov, our other co-host, when she had her car vandalized mm. um, in 2020 when she was running for sheriff. And the idea was let's raise some money to help her pay for the the paint work that she needs to have done. Yeah. I think her tires got slashed as well, oh, so replace the uh, the tires. And thank you to the people who donated a couple thousand dollars. Did uh, it cover everything? Point. Yeah, yeah, it actually did. And in that case, I don't know if they let you withdraw funds before you've reached the goal. I think really it might depend on how okay. you set it up. It might depend okay. on like, OK, well, you can make it so you have to reach the goal before you, you know, uh, I think it just depends. I think it's like yeah. you can tell your donators or you can tell your donors, well, if we don't reach the goal, you'll get your money back. Or you can say, no matter what we raise, yeah. we're keeping it. I think that's how it works. I would think that works. that would make sense. Yeah. You know, no matter what you raise, just because you didn't reach your goal doesn't mean you don't still need the money you're yeah. fundraising right. for. Somebody you know? wanted to give it to you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping that this would be that factor where they have been able to withdraw some of this money. And that, again, this would be where it'd be interesting to actually interview the people behind this thing. So, and that's what sucks about using platforms like GoFundMe, yeah. because you know it's it's a lot to set up your own platform to do something like that. But it is possible to set up your own website that you can accept donate. I mean, I accept donations on my website, mm-hmm. so like it is possible. So once you use a third party like that, you can run into things like this where now so many people were so passionate about this and it was so important to them that they raised over 10 million Canadian dollars and now what it's just going to like vanish and it's just going to go back to the people did you see how many donors uh yes well let me see if it's still up there as of uh yesterday it was like 120,000 which is incredible. That means a lot of them gave a lot of money each. Yeah. This or has, maybe like one person gave like millions of dollars. Maybe, the top know? donor was like $30,000. Okay. That's Dang. a lot. Holy crap. And it's crazy how diverse the group of people that are supporting this convoy are. I saw a video that um, one of... Um, the people I follow on Instagram posted. Oh, you mean the racist convoy yeah. full of white supremacists? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were literally indigenous Canadian people mm-hmm. doing tribal dances. Yep. Mm. I saw that. I also saw uh, images of uh, black truckers. Uh, there yeah. was a Sikh, a guy with a turban on, yeah. uh, who you know was clearly of Middle Eastern descent. And there, just today, I saw an image of a couple of uh, like Asian uh, truckers out there holding signs, wearing like a trucker's cap with a uh, Canadian maple leaf on the cap. So I mean, clearly, this yeah. is a, uh, a like you said, a diverse group. And it looks like the average donation. I'm just you know, in some quick math is around eighty bucks. In this particular mm-hmm. case, so yeah, that is a little bit high yeah. for uh, for a fundraiser, yeah, for an average, which really yeah. goes to show that people really are behind this thing. And when you pull up the uh, the GoFundMe terms of service, it's just like every corporate terms where there's always something about how you can't fundraise for things that are illegal, right? Mm-hmm. There's always it's a very kind of so corporate. Like, is this illegal though? The cops aren't going after well, them. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, there aren't any arrests that have been happening. Yeah, I mean, They've not been, you know, ticketed even at this point. Um, and so is it illegal to protest? No, it certainly shouldn't be illegal to protest. But will GoFundMe determine that it's illegal to violate the government's uh, vaccine mandates? 
So who knows what well, they're going to come down with? And it's probably here. not GoFundMe. It's somebody threatening or bribing GoFundMe to take it down. You know, there's always that too. You don't know what the Canadian government is up to. Yeah, it could be. And I don't know what com- uh, what country they're based out of. Uh, GoFundMe. I thought it, I was assuming it was the U.S. I never yeah, thought about. It. I don't know if it's safe to assume that, but that may be true. And I presume that they're taking a cut, right? Like, I don't yeah, remember they what do cut take they cut. take, but, you know, if their cut is uh, is 2%, GoFundMe is, a two, is you know, making $200,000 off of this hmm. uh, in, in, what, a week's time or a week and a half? That's crazy. I mean, I'm just going to be positive and hope that they're just, they're just like, this is a lot of money and there are a lot of eyes on this. We're going to make sure that we're not doing, we're not breaking any laws by doing this and then they're going to release yeah. it but so gofundme is an american mm-hmm. for profit crowdfunding platform because i mean why would they want to not make that money for one thing yeah right. the two hundred thousand. yeah they have an incentive that's crazy to- that's so much money to make off of a um fundraiser I mean, if they actually provide the service they are supposed to provide, then you know, two percent is no big deal. And I'm just just presuming. I don't know. Maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's more. I don't. I don't recall what the uh, what their fees are. Obviously, there's credit card fees, and then there's the fees for GoFundMe. So what that totals, uh, I don't know. I do remember hearing that when this fundraiser first went into place, it went under review. So there was some sort of freeze early on, and then they let it go. So now they're freezing it again and I again. I heard something similar. I wasn't going to bring it up because I don't know enough or I don't have the details. But since you're bringing that up, I heard that it was frozen and then they released 1.5 million to the owner. So oh, I think that they okay. can take some out in well, intervals. Good, because it would make sense if they could take it out in intervals. Well, there are people up there providing food. Apparently, yeah. I've seen that on some yeah, of the, the live stream videos. Yeah. So I presume mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to hope that some of this money is going into that to help feed these truckers, help keep them gassed up, and uh, whatever other uh, things that they need paid for. And you know, the truckers might be like speaking out about it if they weren't getting some of the money. Like the truck, you might see videos of the truckers being like, "Hey, where's our where's our GoFundMe money?" <laughs> if Maybe it was but- being withheld. We'll see. This probably just happened earlier today because I think I checked it earlier and I was like, oh, yeah, they made their goal. And I didn't notice it was frozen. So it must have been sometime maybe this afternoon that this got frozen. Mm -hmm. We'll keep an eye on things. If we hear anything, if you hear anything, let us know at 603-283-6160, whether it's tonight or tomorrow or as this thing develops. And the big question is, what's the best alternative? Because we we know there's a good chance GoFundMe is going to reverse this. They're going to give back all these donations to their do- to the donors, and people are going to be pissed again because this has happened before. Yeah. So where do people go to do crowd fundraising? You got to do your own. Yeah, but it's hard to roll your own. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, Just put a public site. address on a website. But not everybody's got crypto. Anyway, tell us tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see you then.